Hi, Eric Bailey, alongside Eli Letterman. It's OU Texas Week with both teams kind of struggling to find answers, probably more Norman than Austin. Eli Letterman making his first trip to this football game. I know you're excited, and I just wish it was a top 10 matchup, Eli. Not not what we have today, but uh, hey, we'll we'll play the hand that we're dealt, right? Yeah, I mean, I certainly you would have this could have been a lot different. I mean, if you think about it, if Texas maybe gets that win over Alabama. And if OU is in a different spot, we're talking very differently. But some, what I've gleaned from this game, this will be my very first trip to OU Texas, my first trip to the Texas State Fair, which just feels like the ultimate. Like if, if there's an ultimate state fair, it's got to be the Texas State Fair. The state <laughs> I, fair to end all state fairs. I, I will tell you this. It's funny. The first time uh, that former OUB writer Cody Stavenhagen went with me, he had to ride a ride. So we should put you on a ride. And the first okay. time Dean Mall, our photographer, went to this game, he bought $50 worth of food coupons and ate $50 worth of food after the game. So that's I the can challenge. do both. How about I do $50 worth of food and then I get on a ride and we see how that goes. We'll see how that ends up. <laughs> uh, but the point being there, this game seems to be, you know, your classic rivalry game. You throw out the, the, the records, the who cares with the rank, it's going to deliver every year. And so that part I'm, I'm pretty stoked about, even if both teams are kind of limping in. Well, you know, it's funny because going into the season, you know, if things went like everyone expected them to do and Oklahoma would be, you know, undefeated right now going to this game, every the, the subject would be Brent Venable's first game as a head coach in the Red River uh, contest. And he's done it many years as assistant coach. But now with them limping in after two losses to Kansas State and TCU, all the questions are, what's wrong with this football team? And we had a chance to talk to, to Brent this week, talk to players, talk to coordinators. Seems like they understand there's an issue. It just need to get better, need to be more disciplined. Uh, you know, there's a lot surrounding this game, you know, not only on the defensive side of the ball, but with the offside and offensive side of the ball, who's going to be quarterback. So let, let's dive into, let's dive into the injury situation first with Dylan Gabriel. I think that's the thing everyone wants yeah. to talk about. Just a bad hit he took in, at TCU, the targeting penalty, the recovery time, we don't know how long uh, he's going to be in concussion protocol. Brent didn't offer anything, just saying that he had no answers and didn't want to speculate at all and went with that. So quarterbacks, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we got a taste of Davis Bevel in, you know, I guess in, in a world where we uh, were dealing Gabriel can't play. I mean, he took a pretty serious hit. He's, he remains in concussion protocol, at least as far as we know. And we probably won't have an answer, I think, to any of this until game time Saturday, at least a definitive final answer. Uh, but but if it is Davis Bevel, we got a taste of him last week, and it was a, a limited run. Uh, you could certainly see that rust. Um, and it's quite a situation to be thrown into. I mean, at that point, the Sooners were down 34 to 10. Uh, he's playing the most significant action he has in this Jeff Levy offense. And it it looked maybe how you'd expect it to look. But but if he is the guy... And I, I think if, if there is no Dylan Gabriel, you'd presume him to at least be the starter. Um, there's certainly more to be desired from last week. But beyond that, you know, a lot of people are going to clamor for, for General Booty. He's got a great name, but he's also got legs. He can move um, in ways that, that Davis Bevel maybe can't. And uh, Brent Venables maybe didn't help. He, he maybe fanned the fire here, but there's plenty of folks out there, too, who want to see Nick Evers, the, the true freshman, um, who, who seems to have flashed a lot of talent. And Brent Venables is very complimentary. but I'll note this. There's all that clamoring for, for Jaron Canick, right? And Brent Venables is the one who says, look, he looks good, but he just needs – he's so far away in terms of the understanding of the game. He, he, he has a ways to go. 
Brent Venables yesterday said, Nick Evers looks great to me, but Jeff Levy would tell you he's got a ways to go. I think that might be kind of that same deal there. Of, you know, he, he's got all the talent, but it, it's a different story jumping into this offense and jumping into the Cotton Bowl. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, there's there's questions there. That's a tough deal. I, you know, you're right. I, I'm kind of curious if Dylan Gabriel cannot go on Saturday, what are they going to do? Are they going to modify the game plan and, and play to strengths? I mean, uh, we saw that Davis Bevel wasn't as mobile as many thought. Uh, had issues holding on to the ball a little longer than than probably you needed to get you know get rid of it and he took three sacks on Saturday against TCU. Jeff Levy did say that he was glad he took care of the football, didn't put the ball in jeopardy. But I think in games like this, you may have to take some chances, take some risk. It's you know could be high risk, high reward at times. But will Oklahoma modify the game plan if General Booty's the, the guy? If he gets some snaps, do they run the ball more? Is the focus more on the run game? Uh, and, and you're you're without Wanya Morris more than likely. We saw him leaving the TCU game in a sling. Uh, so you're back to you know Tyler Guyton running at tackle. So a lot of issues with the quarterback, and it's not only what they can do. The quarterback does physically. It's mentally, too. It's going into that stadium. Whoever was going to quarterback for the Sooners on Saturday was going to be a first-time quarterback in this game. There's so much involved, so much pressure, so much stress. And, you know, Texas, they're going to tee off. You know, Gary Patterson is the analyst down there. He's probably been game-planning for this game for a while. We do know that he has been working. He was working on Alabama for quite some time before that game, too. So Oklahoma, it really starts at the quarterback position. I think there's just a lot of questions. And whatever happens, it's going to be a tough challenge for whoever's taking snaps, even if it's Dalen Gabriel. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that mental element. And a lot of the talk this week, unsurprisingly, when you talk to some of the receivers or just guys on the team, is there's no difference. We work with all the quarterbacks, this, that. But Marvin Mims did say, and I, this is not a Davis Bevel knock, but we know how vital Dylan Gabriel's leadership and his energy has been, as you hear maybe a, a fire truck go by in the background here. <laughs> maybe that's fitting. Um, is is he, he mentioned just an emotional difference. And I, again, I don't think that's a Davis Bevel thing. I think that's a Dylan Gabriel thing. Is After he left that game, Sooners didn't just you know lose their best option at quarterback. They lost that the leader of that defense uh, offense, excuse me, the heart of that offense, and that's interesting. But you know, to your point of, of of the offensive approach, Jeff Levy this week said it's a lot on him. It's about creating. He likes to use the term layups. Uh, yeah. We haven't seen a lot of layup plays, I don't think, these last few weeks. But I, I really think you know this might be Jeff Levy's game to win um, from an offensive standpoint, more so than than whichever quarterback they go with is they can create something, either figuring out which quarterback gives them the best chance to run the offense they've tried to run, or maybe more likely or or to better results, finding whatever changes need to be made so that they can hold on to the football longer or or just get through this game. And uh, you'd certainly maybe go into this with more confidence if the defense was playing like it had non-conference play than it had the last two weeks. And I think that's our next topic to dive into because – uh, if not for the quarterback situation, we'd be all over, you know, the, the defense would have been first here. Well, let's go back to Levy, what you said, too. Uh, you know, time of possession could play key. I mean, we saw Oklahoma, they want to go fast, but I don't know if they can go fast with this personnel if there are issues on injuries. They had 16 drives last week. Uh, uh, 12 of the 16 produced 20 or less yards. Uh, and, you know, when you're getting in and out so fast, the defense, it, it barely has time to recover from the previous drive. And I think if you're Jeff Levy, maybe you try to eat some more clock. But once again, you look at the injury aspect of this. You know, Eric Gray left the game a little banged up against TCU. We saw him at practice. I'm sure he's he's going to play on Saturday. We didn't see Marcus Major. And, you know, it is we injury related. We don't know to what extent. So, you know, you got Javante Barnes. I mean, you got young running backs back there, too, not just – 
and not just uh, Eric Gray, who you know who has played in this game. You're going to be youthful in the, in the running back position too. So time of possession, I think, comes. You know, maybe Jeff Levy. You talk about him kind of taking over the game plan and trying to take over the game. Maybe you slow things down just a little bit, just so you can really get your feet wet. I, you know, it's not what you want to do. It's not how you game plan every all you know all season. But maybe you do that in this game. Um, and defensively, yeah, <laughs> what about it? I mean, Ted Roof, Brent Venables this week, they tried to answer some of the questions. And, you know, the one thing that I kept getting back was, you know, they said that we need to be more disciplined. We need to be, you know, the fine, the fine, fine tune the things. I mean, the little things, little intricacies of the, of the defense. I mean, it, it sounds simple when they say it, but then when you see it on the field, it's totally different. I mean, I was just yeah. shocked with how many yards, how many big plays. TCU had four plays uh, going 62 or more yards for touchdowns against OU. And, you know, for some of the OU fans and some of these players even, it's PTSD. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's a stark reminder of how bad these defenses would be. And just when you thought they were good and turned the corner after Nebraska, it, it's been more or less a free fall. Yeah, I mean, so there's long-term fixes to this defense that, that you know, could improve it in the years to come. Brent Venables does not have maybe his full personnel uh, that he'd like in, in this defense and his defense, but that's a long-term fix. But he was asked yesterday on Tuesday morning, what are the short-term fixes? And his mind immediately, discipline, discipline, discipline. And, and when you look at those plays, you're right. I mean, there's miscommunication and things like that. But when a guy winds up 20 yards behind the secondary, you do look at those things and just wonder, you know, you wonder about the discipline there. And and I think that's um, that's certainly something that, that Brent Venables and Ted Roof have identified uh, the last couple of weeks as, as a central theme, as, as they've just gotten thrashed and, and sort of back to the point of time of possession. This is not the defense, I think, right now that can afford to for, for its offense to go, you know, 45 seconds, three and out, minute 30, minute 10 on, on their drives and throwing that defense back on the field because, it's what happened last week at, at TCU, and we saw how fast they went down. And it, it could be the same story this week in Dallas if, if it's sort of the, the same looking defense and the same looking offense. You know, and, and again, we, we go back to injuries. I mean, you look at Billy Bowman, uh, who's been dynamic in special teams. And yeah, it's funny, it, it's kind of uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't, because, you know, OU fans have wanted kickoff returns, they've wanted to yep. stress special teams. And Billy Bowman's been so close to breaking kickoff returns. He's been dynamic as a returner. And where does he get hurt? Making a return at TCU. And we don't know his status, but easily, you know, arguably he's the, the best defender on this defense. And if you don't have him, you got to do some reshuffling in that secondary. So, you know, what happens? Who steps up? You know, I don't know if Key Lawrence is 100% or not. We're still, you know, he had some issues too. So a lot of injuries on that defensive side of the football. And we, we, it's just a bad week, really. You'd kill for a bye week, I think, if you're Oklahoma, and you still have two more Very games likely. to go before that bye week. But I think losing Bowman, and like I said, that, that that's going to be big on the Sooners if he's not able to play on Saturday. Yeah, he's another guy that we, we did see back, at least on the practice field this week, and so that might be a positive development. But you're right, and, and the personnel is interesting. that You couldn't get Brent Venables or Ted Roof to tell you about any personnel changes they're going to make, but we've seen them rotate a lot and do a lot of different things in the defense. and maybe this shows and reflects in some of the performances they've had, but they're still figuring out the solutions. And Ted Roof, I think this one maybe got glommed onto by the fan base a little bit, but the whole, ma no magic dust. There's no magic bullet to fix this defense. It is, it is those little things. Um, and, and they're trying to find that right formula, especially in the secondary, it seems. They're just rotating guys in and out. Another player to mention, I, I don't think we'll see him anytime soon, but Damon Harmon had been getting 
um, plenty of time on the field. And after being stretchered off at TCU, I, I, we had no update on him this week yet, but wouldn't imagine him being an option. So there, there are moving parts there um, with this defense. But I think on the whole, it's, it's, it's got to start with minimizing those big plays, the explosive plays, um, and, and figuring out kind of where to, where to go from here with that defense. But whether it's going to be Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card, you know, it's another offense with, with heavy hitters. Uh, to attack this defense with. And to your point, they might have favored a bye week this time around rather than uh, having to head to the Cotton Bowl. You know, going into the season, and this is something I, I said over and over uh, when people would ask me about Brandon Venables, I, you know, nothing was going to be seamless. There was never going to be a seamless transition. There was going to be growing pains. I've said that multiple times. And I, I think, and I was pulled in this way a little bit too. After three games, you really thought, well, maybe this is going to be pretty uh, fast change, a you know, quick change. But, of course, we saw it at Kansas State. We saw it with TCU. Nothing seamless. There's growing pains. They're still learning this program. And, you know, I think it's it's hard to be patient if you're an Oklahoma fan, especially with the success you've had in recent years. But I think it's one of those things where you do have to be patient. Now, the one thing that did surprise me, I'm not surprised that they're having issues because I thought going in they'd have some kind of issues and maybe this is the hiccup. The one thing that surprised me the most about this transition was how they didn't get better from week four to week five. I mean, I thought, you know, yeah, there was a hiccup. They'll change things. Things will be better at TCU. And they look like they got worse, a lot worse. Yeah. I think if you're an Oklahoma fan, I think that's got to concern you the most because it's not only did they learn, what did they learn from K-State? How far did they fall after that game? So I think that's something that going into this game, uh, you know, this, this, what's this confidence level of this football team going to be? If they get down 28-7, you know, there's no way they're coming back like last year. They knew they could come back. But, I, you know, if they get down 10 nothing, I don't know what's going to happen because just where's the confidence of the football team? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, what, what stuck out to me this week was after, after K-State, they talked a little bit about the week they had before that. They'd had a bad practice on a Tuesday, felt like they'd course corrected it in the days that followed. And, and no one really tied it to um, the performance against Kansas State going all the way back there. But multiple people brought it up. It doesn't come up if it didn't have some bearing. And then TCU week, everyone felt like they had gotten things on track. Great week of practice. And then you show up there um, at TCU and it goes the way it did. It, it makes you wonder, or at least it perks your ears up to hear Ted Roof and Brent Venables and all these players saying, well, we're just going back to the drawing board, doing what we've done the last few weeks. And there is an element of consistency there. I think the only way to find consistency is, is to have those consistent approaches. But I think, you know, if this week, were to go south, to your point, if they go down big early and, and can't make that comeback, can that message be the same again the week after? Uh, we're, we're just, you know, we're going to keep keep doing what we've been doing because at a certain point, it, it would seem that that's not, not getting them where they need to be. And so this is a, a huge week. I think we called last week a defining week for the defense. I would say this week is a defining week for, for the Sooners, the Sooners in 2022. Uh, it's, I think, a pretty dang important one for Brent Venables and co. So, um They've got a lot to prove, but I also think they've got a lot, you know, working against them going into this one. You know, I thought it was interesting, too. Our colleague, Garen Emig, the Tulsa World columnist, asked Brent about, is there going to be schematic changes? Are you, do you make changes? Do you reset? It sounds like Brent's going to stick to what, what's got them where they're at now. Uh, that three-man front, that's... It, it's something I'm kind of curious how long we're going to ride that. Up, ride that. I mean, Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes, the defensive ends, they've combined for three tackles in, in the Big 12 play. Just three tackles. And, and Downs has all three of them. Grimes doesn't have a tackle in Big 12 play. So, that, I mean, that just he was such a playmaker in those first three games. We, we really haven't called his name. So 
do you try to try to make stuff help him out help him make plays do you change things or do you keep uh do let him do the dirty work like ted roof said there in the stat sheet doesn't show some of the dirty work and those guys are doing some of the dirty work but you saw his playmaking ability too do you do you unleash him a little bit i'm kind of curious about that I'd argue that maybe outside of Billy Bowman and, and certainly his statistical output didn't match Reggie Grimes or Ethan Downs for the first few weeks, but certainly those two guys were two of your most of the Sooners' most important defenders early on. And they have become, in a sense, at least statistically non-factors of late. And as you alluded to, Ted Roof said, well, sometimes in a in a setup, you know, that's not going to show out on the stats that Reggie Grimes is doing the dirty work and Ethan Downs would be doing the dirty work that sets up other people. But that does become harder to see when the results are not there. If they were, if those guys weren't producing the numbers, but the defense was was holding up, I think that's an easier sell than than it is right now, where they're doing those things and those those playmakers who we've seen really dominate aren't producing, but neither is the defense. And that three down front, I think, is going to be the sticking point for uh, certainly a lot of folks at home or in the stands <laughs> at the Cotton Bowl if uh, if this goes anywhere like it did last week. Saturday's game, uh, both teams unranked for the first time since 1998. Oklahoma is going to try to avoid losing three games for the first time since 1998. A lot of pinup frustration on this Texas side, too. They've lost four in a row to the Sooners. They've lost six of seven. They've lost 10 of 13. It's been a tough ride for the for the Texas fans. And, you know, I think this is a game they're probably already excited. Longhorns are almost touchdown favorites right now going into the game. Uh, I think I'll ask you for, I'll go ahead and say first what I think is going to happen. And I'll ask you, you know, I just think it's one of those games where if Oklahoma, again, we talked about control time of possession, uh, and really try to take away the run game. You don't know what quarterback you're going to go against, but Bijan Robinson, we haven't talked about him, man. He's, yeah. he, he's a monster out there, uh, worthy at wide receiver. He's going to test those cornerbacks who we saw tested for the first time at TCU. Oklahoma is going to have to really keep everything in front of them. They're going to have to win time of possession. And then also, uh, I think they have to create turnovers. That's something we haven't seen this defense do. I think it's one of those games, you know, it's, it's unusual to say if you're an Oklahoma fan, you want to be in it in the fourth quarter. I think that's what Oklahoma has to do to, to be competitive in this game. They're going to have to keep it close going in the fourth quarter. Usually uh, the shoes on the other foot, the opponents try to stay close to Oklahoma. I, this sets up to where Oklahoma needs to be close. If you can get, to, I think if Oklahoma can get to the fourth quarter within a touchdown, it's anyone's ball game. But if you let them get Texas get ahead, Early and you get that slow start like they've had the last four games. This this could be another can, uh, TCU game. Gosh, we haven't even talked about the slow starts this week. That's a win in its own right. There's been so much other stuff to talk about. Uh, we've gotten away from that, but I, I think you're right. I, I, and I think it, it's a mountain to climb just to get there, just to get to that fourth quarter with it being a one score game. A lot is going to have to go right, and it, it's why you know I, I don't think there's been any proof the last two weeks at least. Uh, that the Sooners could get there. But that's why I look to Jeff Levy and, and what maybe they can do to be creative on offense. Uh, I think, shoot, those some of those trick plays, getting Braden Willis involved, not expecting him to throw 10 passes. But I, I think that creativity is all going to be there in, in terms of maybe, in a sense, mucking this game up. Oklahoma doesn't have to do that very often. But yeah. I think they may have to drag Texas down a bit to their current level. It's not a commentary on, on this year as a whole. But you, you consider that they might be without Dylan Gabriel and where this defense is. It's it's running the ball if they can do it. It's stopping the run. They haven't done that at all the last couple of weeks. They've been torched on the ground. And so if they can stop Bijan Robinson, contain those big plays, and and on offense, just slow the game down, burn that clock, establish the run game. We don't know if Marcus Major will be there, but 
if Eric Gray and, and Javante Barnes are healthy, you've got two guys I think they've got to try to ride. Um, and to make this, all those things combining, ideally for, for the Sooners to be there in the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, at, at the same, by the same token, might be a whole lot simpler path to them being down like they were this first quarter at TCU and it going real south from there. Yeah. Saturday, 11 o'clock in the Cotton Bowl, ABC, uh, another OU Texas game. Looking forward to it, Eli. I'm looking forward to having you out there. Uh, Ian Mall, our, our great photographer, will be with us. Garen Emig, our columnist, will have a full crew down there. So uh, just a reminder, listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your uh, whatever platform you use. And also all our coverage Sunday, TulsaWorld.com. And uh, we'll see you next week.